Blog Talk Radio. We live! We live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. What's going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation? It's Friday night. Welcome to another edition of Page One with LaVar and Mary for this Friday night, June 16th, 2023. This is Father's Day weekend. Um, it is also uh, Juneteenth weekend, uh, that occurring on Monday, Father's Day Sunday. So uh, a couple of holidays here this weekend. So hopefully uh, those of you who are off or celebrating, make sure that you uh, take a moment and hopefully celebrate both. (laughs) But uh, we are here with you tonight. We've got quite a bit on tap. I will tell you I'll have two things of the most interesting things that I read this week. We'll do one here shortly. Another one, it's so good, I'm going to save it for close to the end of the show. Um, and then, uh, we've got, uh, top five tonight, um, with the announcement, of course, this week that Pat Sajak is going to be retiring as host of the Wheel of Fortune. I will have my top five picks, no particular order of who to see that's outside the box, uh, thought. We'll have a little bit more on that. Uh, retro moment of the week, um, what's trending, Almanac, and a little bit of potpourri tonight. Uh, but as always, I'm joined by my wonderful friend, Mary. How are you? I'm good. A little tired, but good. Um, had a rough night's sleep. However, long weekend. I will catch up. Does one really catch up on a weekend? Uh, no. Even no, on a holiday man, weekend? Goes <laughs> yeah, it goes further and further down the line, though. <laughs> uh we did get a chance to really chat here before we uh, start the show. But do you know what you were doing? Or do you know where you were at 10 years ago today and what you were doing? 10 years ago would have been, oh, goodness. I would have been eight months pregnant and hating everyone. <laughs> Wait, t- 10 years ago today? Oh, no, 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 that's 20. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'll stop you right there. Before some people are like, what? So I would have been here. I'm going to hang up now. Thank you, everybody. Good night. I know what you were doing 10 years ago, and I know exactly where you were at. Mm-hmm. You know why? You do. Were you with me? I, were with, I was with you. Uh, oh, okay. 10 years ago today, my friend was here in Chicago with me, and we did the color run. That's right. 
Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that's been ten years. Yes, ten years. Uh, Twenty thirteen was when that wow. was. Wow. And you know why? I can have the wonderful folks at Facebook uh, to thank for that because it popped up in my memories today. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. I'm yes. not gonna lie, I had a great time. <laughs> Yeah, ten years ago. That that goes to show how much time flies. Um, and here's the thing: I looked at that. I actually looked thinner then. Now I feel like I want to get back to that weight. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, ten years ago today. That that was uh, quite interesting. Have, have you done that? Because uh, when do they when do they usually hold those? Um, everywhere. Okay, everywhere. They hold them in a lot of different places. Although I will say this year, it, sound, it feels like they haven't got that put together because normally I have the color run figured out very early on in yeah. the year. Um, and if it's going to be one of those years where I travel. Or, and that was what I was using the excuse for, doing a color run in every different city and just walking around and seeing the sites. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't want to travel that year or like in 2020 um, and 2021 when traveling was a little sketch, um, <laughs> I'd do it here in Vegas. And Vegas usually was the opening city in February, end of February, beginning of March. Same weekend as the, um, the NASCAR race. So, uh, but I've done a color run every year that they've had it available, which is every year, including 2020 and 2021 and 2022, except for this year. This is the first year I didn't do a color run yet. So I may have to travel. Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, that's where you're at 10 years ago <laughs> today. <laughs> which wow, is... I totally forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> we start over. Yeah. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Yes, welcome to another edition of Page One. <laughs> no, but you know what? <laughs> Here's the thing. For good or bad, the good thing about Facebook is that it does, like, it reminds us of memories in our life. Um, and it also brings back painful ones, too. Because I've found that a lot of people who've either lost loved ones or, you know, especially like now, you're going to get people who, you know, either, you know, have lost their dad in the last year, like the photo might come up and it will spark a lot of feelings. And that's why I was like, Facebook is, you know, not, it doesn't mean to do that, but these odd photos from different times in our lives and it pops up at the most, like, um, I guess, Moments that we don't expect it, unexpected times. Uh, but no, that was, um, if it wasn't for Facebook, I will honestly tell you, um, some birthdays I would forget. <laughs> it's, like my, it's like my calendar. Uh, I have a chance to remember it, or you have a chance to see or feel. Facebook's weird. It makes you either feel old because you see people with kids who are graduating, uh, graduating from college. Or high school, and you remember when they didn't have kids, and when they were out partying like you were, or you know, uh, 
time just flying by. But that's, I guess, one of the things with social media is that it keeps you in the now. You know, and, and, and it gives you a chance to look back a little bit from time to time, too, which is pretty cool. Um, but no, that's uh, – but I know that you uh, – are not a member of that uh, social media. No, I got <laughs> um, yeah. And I, there are times when I miss it. I will not lie about that. There are there are plenty of times when I do miss Facebook, and there are times when yeah, I don't. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, it, it, social media is like I said, it's it's a weird thing. We'll talk quite a bit about. Uh, we got a few stories tonight in regards to some changes to social media or how um, not social media, but uh, computers themselves are changing some things. Um, I know you've heard us talk in recent weeks about uh, AI technology. Uh, that's one of the stories that we'll kind of talk about tonight and what Gmail's doing with that. Um, and in the Potpourri, I kind of have two sidebar stories in regards to that that are going to throw you all for a loop. Uh, I don't know. I'm still kind of in that category where I I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it yet. I fear that it is going to cause a lot of things to be, I guess the word I'm looking for is like unnatural. Um mm-hmm. And you're going to find out why when I tell you a couple of stories involving that. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you got to get on the, you know, the, the, on board with technology, and that's just how it is. But when you kind of hear it on how it's been used so far, you're going to be like, uh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's what's going on. But how has your week been? It was a long, short week for me. Um, lots of stuff happening, which was good. But then also, you know, I just it it was not it was nice and cool. I know this sounds weird, but it was cool here because it was in the upper seventies, lower eighties for most of the week. So it was very temperate instead of ungodly hot. So I I will take them when I can. I will take weeks like that when I can. You know, I'm not really feeling too bad for you. Uh, <laughs> no, not even a little bit. No, because actually here in Chicago, it's it's been kind of odd. It's been it was warm. It went to cool, like sixties cool or forties cool, where you had to take your jacket back out, or it, the day started in like the upper seventies, and all of a sudden, just uh, the other day, upper seventies, and all of a sudden in the afternoon, the temperature dropped down to almost twenty degrees which is crazy. Um, we, still not, we still aren't at summer yet. It's June. I don't know what happened and where summer went, <laughs> but it's not showing up right now. It's freezing up. So I'd like a little bit of summer before all is said and done and we're looking at September because we're already, what, in June? So pretty much when we get yeah. to the end of this month, the first half of the year will be done. Um, and then you look ahead to the other half of the year, which – it's crazy that we've gone six quick months. So, yeah, I don't know. Insane. But the one of the oddest stories that I read this week, <laughs> and I had to think about this. Um, you have to be familiar with music first 
if you are familiar with Anita Baker and you are familiar with Babyface, you will know their music to be more what? Kind of like uh, soothing, kind of relaxing, um, mm-hmm. like no really stress to it. But Anita Baker was on tour with Babyface. And um, according to a lot of sources, it kind of had a rocky road. And uh, as of this week, she made the decision to boot him off of her songstress tour. Uh, What happened was that she revealed that she reached her breaking point on Tuesday and felt the best course of action was to go about the tour alone. And she had said that for a couple of days, she was forced to put up with violent threats on behalf of Babyface's fans and felt she needed to cut him for her own personal safety. Um, And fans demanded that Anita Baker bill Babyface as a co-headliner, but the tour is designed more to celebrate the 40th anniversary of her debut album, The Songstress. And I feel really old. Uh, So she wanted to stay on as the project's headliner on her own. And a lot of people came to Babyface's um, defense. And Babyface, uh, in an update, said that he was saddened by the news and she decided to remove him to the tour. It's unfortunate and disturbing to see how things have played out via social media. While he was looking forward to the rest of the dates, he has nothing but love and respect for Anita and wish her the best for the remainder of her tour. But I'm like, I think, uh, think for a second of uh, Anita Baker's fan base and Babyface's fan base literally fighting each other online. This isn't like it's like two rap artists. <laughs> right, right, right. The, the ridiculous comes to what? What are you going to do? Pour rosé on each other? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, <laughs> I don't think that those fan bases are any close to like being a fan base that you're going to be threatened by. Uh, well, you know, people are weird. Don't I would not put that past people. People are weird. I mean, seriously, Anita Baker fans are probably like in their like forties and fifties. I, I don't see a lot of young twenty-year-old Anita Baker fans and Babyface fans because of the music. I don't partake Babyface fans to be the same people that are probably going to be going to like. Um, a concert featuring somebody whose first name starts with Lil, L-I-L. <laughs> it's kind of, mm-hmm. kind of a different crowd. So I don't know what you guys can do uh, <laughs> besides take off your, like, green gator shoes and throw them at each other. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's Sunita Baker fans and Babyface fans. <laughs> the whole thing is funny to me because I'm like, Think of fancy dancy people dressed up going to a concert to see both, <laughs> and uh, a lot of younger people aren't gonna know who they are. So it's forty and fifty year olds. What are you gonna do to each other? Nothing short of what is gonna Break probably the hip. <laughs> right. The cane. <laughs> <laughs> they can't stand up. Jeez. <laughs> who would have had twenty twenty three that you would have a war between Anita Baker fans and Babyface's fans on social media? <laughs> Most of you don't even know how to use social media. <laughs> you know that's our age group. Yes, we do. 
I know, I know some people, probably our age group and a little older, that do not, or they will swear to you that they do not know how to use social media or don't have an email and don't have like any type of uh, site like uh, Facebook or Instagram. They'll be like, nope, don't even know how to use it. Sorry. I deal with a lot of people every day in my line of work at my day job who um, totally do not know and do not care. <laughs> as long as they have their phone, which can call and text, uh, they give little care about social media. <laughs> it's wow. the only person's game. <laughs> so, yeah. Unless you're doing it for monetary purposes, it's part of your job. So, but yeah. No, gotta watch those. Gotta watch those Anita Baker fans. <laughs> That's the tough man. You spend four hundred dollars on their ticket. <laughs> gotta be on the lookout for them, man. Come after you with their hair clips and their <laughs> Ben Gay. <laughs> <laughs> you think that while they're like doing whatever they like play Anita Baker music when they're trying to like fight you? <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All I can think of is their song, What's Wrong? And I wish I could play it. I wish this were radio because I could play it and you would laugh and you would know exactly <laughs> why it comes off bad. But, yes. But that's one of the weirdest things. But the other one, it's so good. And I know that you would have a good chuckle about it. I'm going to save it for an absolute, like, later. Cause I don't know how the rest of the show is going to go from here, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I promise you we'll do the best that we can. <laughs> but uh, the almanac for this uh, day, like I said, it's June 16th. It is the international day of the African child. It's also world sea turtle day. It's international day of family remittances. Uh, Bloom's day is also today. We're blue day and national fudge day. And I think we gave you a, uh, heads up about that last week. So tomorrow, it is World Juggling Day. Are you a good juggler? I am absolutely the worst juggler in the world. I can't even uh, hold one thing in my hand without dropping it. So I, why would I want more than one? Oh, then yes, we, we probably won't do that to you. <laughs> uh, it is <laughs> also World Croc Day and not the shoe. Notice I said croc. Uh, actual crocodile. Uh, so that's tomorrow. Uh, it's also Nash, uh, World Day to Combat uh, Decertification of Drought. It is Global Garbage Man Day, National Cherry Tart Day, National Apple Strudel Day. Do you like National me an apple strudel? <laughs> you, you, you like your strudel? I like the I like the strudel. You like the strudel. <laughs> I was going to say something. Yeah, I'm going to leave it alone. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. Um, it is also National Eat Your Vegetables Day. Um, do I have and to? You, well, you do, actually. You just have it in fried form. Um, no, you know what? No. Uh, the last time I went uh, – sorry, the time before this last time that I went to the um, – to a restaurant with friends, my main order was a plate of, of, I think it were baked. Now that I'm thinking about it, they were either baked or broiled Brussels sprouts. Granted, oh. they also had you know cheese and 
bacon and oil, and it was just delicious. But, yes, I did have Brussels sprouts. Look at you. Um, mm-hmm. Just don't do asparagus. <laughs> if you remember, if you remember the story we talked about here a few weeks ago, um, I think that was uh, who was that? Now I'm like forgetting that. Um, it was what? Oh, it was uh, Yana Kramer who said that mm-hmm. she had dated Chris Evans and the relationship ended over her asparagus pee. Yes. <laughs> watch, the, watch the asparagus. <laughs> watch also, out for the asparagus. Yep, watch out for asparagus pee. That's it for dating, ladies, or if you notice you're close to the the big night, don't do asparagus. Um, <laughs> National Root Beer Day is also tomorrow. And tomorrow, and I do believe, I feel like we've done this show for so long that a lot of stuff comes around again so quickly. Uh, tomorrow is National Mascot Day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel we just talked about this. I know, uh, right? June 17th is National Mascot Day. and uh, I, I know for those of you who listen to this show uh, and our loyal listeners know that my friend here uh, in college was a mascot. Um, I mean, the Spartan. Yes. <laughs> So she donned the, the God knows what was in that mask. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, that was awful. Know. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. Uh, at least you didn't have little kids coming up to you and, like, kicking you in the shin. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. No, Do you have no, a favorite mascot? I was quite... I'm sorry? Do you have a favorite mascot? Favorite? Oh, gosh. I love mascots, period. Um I will say that I am partial to, like, so I like the the one that has the chef and the sausage and the hot dog that they do the, who's that one? That one that's the baseball team, they do the running around the track. I love that just because they put them through hell. Um, I'm the Brewers less, with their brats? Yes. Um, I am less enthralled with the ones that look human with just a head on. So, like, I like those kind of mascots. Something that's just a little bit outside the box or, like, Rockford Ice Hogs. They have the big, like, chunky red pig. Like, that's the kind of thing I lean towards, probably because I was a mascot. So I had to be, like, like, I understand what it takes to wear the costume. Although I guess it's a better costume nowadays. Now it's not like fiberglass and overheating. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're built a little different now. I would actually say a couple of my favorite ones outside of the local Chicago teams because I, I love all of our mascots here. Um, if I had to go outside, couldn't pick anyone that's local. I actually a fan of the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, Gritty, because. Mm. So many people hated on Gritty when they first came. They had no idea what to think of him. And Gritty doesn't give any rip whatsoever about who's feeling he hurts. And I also like Blooper of the Atlanta Braves. I'm kind of a Blooper fan. Um, uh, you know, I'm not, mad, I'm not mad at that one. Yeah. I like Blooper. So, yeah. But those are a couple of my favorite outside of that. So, um, 
I, I still got like the Philly fanatic too. Uh, you can't like the Philly fanatic. So, <laughs> especially when he used to make fun of Tommy Lasorda back in the eighties and nineties. So, Lasorda hated that. <laughs> I loved it. it was great. Um, June eighteenth, uh, which is Sunday, is National Want to Get Away Day. And I think you know which airline is a part of that. Um, <laughs> it is International Panic Day. Um, okay. I guess I should explain that for you. Um, yes, please. So <laughs> it calls attention to the condition and learns how the condition can mean two meanings to panic. Uh, you can mark the day by finding ways to manage and reduce stress, breathe, relax your shoulders, try taking off the entire day from work, take a stroll or roam around town, curl up with a good book. Or the second way that some people mark the day is freaking out, have a full-blown meltdown, worry about as much as you can, even if you can't do anything about it. If you can't do something about it, worry anyway. Gather at friends and seek your own widespread panic. Either way, create, engage, and share using International Panic Day on social media. Um, so that is what they say. Uh, it is also World Sustainable uh, Gastronomy Day, uh, National Turkey mm-hmm. Lovers Day, uh, Father's Day. It's National Go Fishing Day. It's actually also National Splurge Day. Ooh. So if you're out and about, splurge. And I know that you will love this because Sunday is – International Sushi Day. Yes. Excited about that. Oh, you can be excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, just don't panic. Uh, yes, it's uh, International Sushi Day on that day. Um, coming up on Monday, as we said, it is Juneteenth on Monday. It is also World Sauntering Day. <laughs> Um, international, yeah, it, 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 it's that type of day. Uh, it's also World Sickle Cell Day. It's International Day for the Elimination of Sexual Violence and Conflict Day. National Watch Day. National uh, Free BSD Day. And it is mm-hmm. National Garfield the Cat Day. And yeah. it is, yeah, and it's World Martini Day. I had this amazing martini the other day. It was called a yeah. sunset martini. It was just yummy. A little tart, mm. a little sweet. It was great. I have only had two martinis in my life. Uh, one, which was a normal martini, um, which was the worst tasting thing I think I had ever tasted. <laughs> uh, definitely for the quiet taste. And two was the one that actually kind of knocked me back on my behind a little bit, which was a chocolate martini. Don't be fooled, especially if top shelf liquor is used. To... <laughs> so, yes. Um, uh, I would have paid to see you drunk. <laughs> it wasn't drunk. That was the thing. I wasn't drunk, but it gave me a really bad headache. That was what it did. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think you'll be disappointed if you saw me like, fully drunk because I'm pretty much the same way I change. <laughs> um, World Productivity Day is on uh, Tuesday. It's also World Refugee Day. International 
Nista Gamas Awareness Day. I'm going to come back to that in a second. It's National Hike with a Geek Day, uh, National Coogan Amon Day, National Ice Cream Soda Day, National Vanilla Milkshake Day, and National American Eagle Day. So I know that a lot of you are asking the question about what I just said, but International Nistagamus Awareness Day brings attention to a condition that can cause severe vision problems among other concerns. Today aims to bring tools, resources, and opportunities for education to the forefront. Uh, approximately one in a thousand babies are born with it, but adults are affected by it too. Uh, it presents as drifting or wobbly eyes with two basic types of it. Uh, the jerk nystagmus, which is, as the name suggests, the eyes jerk quickly in one direction and are then followed by slow movements in the opposite direction, or uh, pen, pendular uh, nystagmus, which is where the eyes move with equal speed in either direction. So, did not know that. That's a new one for me, too. Uh, Wednesday brings us World uh, Hydrography Day, uh, National Smoothie Day, World Peace and Prayer Day, International Day of Yoga, World Humanist Day, or Humanist Day, as some people call it. I call it Humanist for those of us in the Midwest. Uh, World Giraffe Day. It's National Arizona Day coming up on the 21st, and National Seashell Day, National Day of the Gong. Man, I don't have a gong thing on here. <laughs> Not the show, just the gong. No. Get it on, get it on. Oh. Gong. <laughs> uh, National Selfie Day is on the 21st. Summer begins on the 21st. Uh, Go Skateboarding Day, National Daylight Appreciation Day, uh, Ann and Samantha Day, and National Peaches and Cream Day, all on the 21st if you're celebrating. And then the 22nd, I'm going to um, try not to get into trouble. Next Thursday, it is National Chocolate Eclair Day. It is National HVAC Tech Day, World Rainforest Day. It's National Onion Rings Day. But unfortunately for you, you cannot celebrate that because it is also National Kissing Day on June 22nd. Nah, nah, I'll still eat the onions. Let them suffer. It'll be my asparagus. <laughs> You're asparagus. You'll be hubris. <laughs> be like, hey, honey. And then next Friday, to give you guys just a heads up, it's National Detroit-style Pizza Day, International Women in Engineering Day, uh, International Widows Day, it's United Nations Public Service Day, National Take Your Dog to Work Day, National Hydration Day, it's National Pecan Sandies Day, and it is National Pink Day next week. Nice. Uh, National Pink Day, of course, uh, it is... Just National Pink Day. <laughs> That's why. I like uh, Here's the deal. I don't know if we're going to be with you next Friday. Um, you will have to kind of tune in <laughs> and be on the lookout. If you are not, I'm going to tell you what's kind of coming up over the next week or so. On the 24th, National Patch Day, Global Smurf Day, Summer's Giving, uh, Take Back the Lunch Break Day. Uh, National Pralines Day. On the 25th, it is Global Beatles Day. 
it's National Strawberry Parfait Day, National Catfish Day. Not catfish as in like, you know, fooling somebody online, the actual catfish. The 26th, National Barcode Day. It is National Coconut Day, <laughs> Chocolate Pudding Day, and Beautician's Day. The 27th brings you International Pineapple Day, um, National Sunglasses Day, National Onion Day, National Ice Cream Cake Day, National PTSD Awareness Day, uh, National HIV Testing Day, and then the 28th. Uh, the 28th brings you uh, National Logistics Day, International Caps Lock Day, um, National Insurance Awareness Day, Paul Bunyan Day, Body Piercing Day, International Body Piercing Day. <laughs> what is that? I'll get my ears pierced. That is on the 28th. That is uh, okay. Wednesday, June 28th, International Body Piercing Day. And then the 29th, it's National Handshake Day, Waffle Iron Day, Bomb Pop Day is that day, as well as Camera Day. And by the time we see you again on the 30th, uh, it's Social Media Day and Meteor Watch Day, among a few other things. So just a few things to be able to look out for. And actually, if we don't see you next Friday night, the 30th actually is the last uh, day of June and the last show of the month. So how quickly this month goes. Uh, But all that is ahead. And then we will be actually going into an unofficial 4th of July weekend uh, because the 4th falls on a Tuesday. And because work or jobs aren't really too kind, I want you to work on Monday, enjoy the 4th on a Tuesday, and be back to work sober on Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Never happened before. What are you talking about? Never going to (laughs) happen. So, yes. But... That's all the things that are happening. Hopefully you take advantage of one of these days in the Almanac, and that closes the Almanac for this week. So um, so here's what I'm going to do. Because we're at the unofficial, what I call a halfway point of the show, let's do Retro Moment of the Week. When we come back, we will start to dig into a couple of our stories, among which... Uh, is a topic that we have talked about quite frequently on this show in regards to employers and employees and working in the office and out of the office. You're going to want to be interested to see what Google is doing to their employees now. Um, And then, like we said, we'll talk a little bit about the AI situation, um, kind of something that Google's doing. Uh, And then potpourri, We'll take a look at what's trending, and then I will share with you the one other good story to end on um, with what I read this week. So Retro Moment of the Week is next. Um, If you have to take a restroom break while listening and you don't want to miss anything, I will tell you this. uh, For the first time tonight, I will tell you that the Retro Moment of the Week will last all but probably, hmm, let's see, I'm going to be cool with you here. One minute, 20 seconds. <laughs> That's all you have. <laughs> so if you're what quick, you you're quick. Yeah, if you're quick, you're quick. If not, just take whatever device with you to the restroom because we'll probably be back uh, before you were planning on coming back. So so glad you could join us this Friday night. You'll listen to Page Won't Mary. We'll be right back in just uh 
about 80, 90 seconds. Sneak into the kitchen for a snack without waking Daddy. Land on a noise, and you have to press Daddy's alarm clock. Will he wake up? Late night talk show? The first host? The first live band? Scientists can't be sure, but at least they know what the next late night talk show will be like. Hi, I'm Pat Sajak. Join me starting January 9th. Make a break for the Pat Sajak Show, late nights on CBS. For quality, value, service, and more, shop at your Sears retail store. Father's Day is Sunday, and Sears has super savings this week. Give Dad several of these Permapress short sleeve dress shirts for only $8.99 each. Save $301. Cool, comfortable summer golf shirts are only $4.49 each. Save $1.16 at Sears. And these woven Permapress slacks are only $10.99 a pair. Save $5. For quality, value, service, and more, shop at your Sears retail store. You're listening to Page One, Page One, with Lavar and Mary, your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's Lavar and Mary. Welcome back to Page One with LaVar Mary on this Friday night. Uh, it is June 16, 2023. I bet a lot of you did not know that Pat Sajak had a talk show at CBS. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the one game for fathers, Don't Wake Daddy. <laughs> that was a new one for me, I'm telling you. Don't Wake really? Daddy. You never heard of that game? It really? was a man in bed with a like those stocking caps, and you had to like go around the, the right, and you you hit on something that was like something that you had to like hit this alarm clock that was next to the bed a certain number of times to uh, be for the noise that you landed on, and if you popped up then you pretty much lost. <laughs> and if you made it all the way to the fridge, then you won. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. You'll have to go back and watch the commercial for it just to get the gist of it. It doesn't do it justice. If you're online, just type in Don't Wake Daddy commercial, and you'll actually see the game, which is uh, – Yeah, make sure you word commercial after Don't Wake Daddy because you might get some – I don't think that'll happen. That is YouTube. not appropriate. Yeah, I think if you just Googled it, I, I don't think that that would be good. It might be just Wake Daddy. I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's Wake Daddy. Yeah, you don't want if you that put one. Daddy anywhere on the Internet, you know that some of it's a little... <laughs> a little that's, that's kind of sad now, though, that that happens. But then again, it happens for Mommy, too. True. But you can also get Sugar. Yeah, Sugar Daddy. Yeah. That's... 
that's that a father's day you know it's like the sugar daddy <laughs> you know yeah you may talk sugar mamas on mother's day <laughs> who knows uh, <laughs> but happy father's day to all you fathers out there and to some of you fathers happy mother's day <laughs> That's Frank Sinatra used to always say. Um, But we talk about work on this program from time to time, and Google, it seems, is getting more strict about its return to office mandate, telling employees that badge tracking and noted attendance will be included in their performance reviews. According to a CNBC report, Google will crack down on employees who are not following its three days a week in-office policy as the tech giant seeks to foster more in-person collaboration after the pandemic. Google is one of several companies that adopted a remote work model during the start of COVID-19 pandemic. It later revised the policy, telling employees to work from office for at least three days a week. And last week, Google updated its hybrid work policy again to crack down on employees who are not showing up to office. The company will now track employee badges to check how often employees come to the office. Moreover, in-person attendance will be included as a factor in performance reviews. Uh, Employees who had earlier received the all-clear to work remotely may also have their statuses re-evaluated. There's just no substitute for coming together in person. Uh, Chief People Officer, oh, Lord, uh, Fiona (laughs) Sassoni wrote, (laughs) <laughs> while announcing the updated policy. Do we really need a like chief people person? Anyway, Google employees are not pleased about the company's U-turn on remote work. Post on an internal site called uh, Mimogen revealed their dissatisfaction with the new rules on attendance. If you cannot attend the office today, your parents should submit an absence request, reveals one popular meme posted by an employee. The meme shows a picture of Fiona Sassoni in front of a chalkboard. Another employee exhorted the uh, company to check my work, not my badge. Concern is also high among staffers who change cities or move states after they were told they could work remotely. A spokesperson for Google said that badge data collected is, quote, aggregated for company leaders as Google has transitioned fully to a hybrid work week. Now that we've fully transitioned to the hybrid work week, company leaders could see reports showing uh, how their teams are adopting the hybrid work model, the spokesman said in an emailed statement. Um. I know what you're going to say. (laughs) Okay. I know as a person who during the pandemic pretty much was still working from the office, I know you're not going to give two rips about uh, people having to do an about face and show up three times a week. (laughs) Am I correct? (laughs) I mean, yes, there is that, yeah. But I'm also here, okay, I'm going to throw you off a little bit. I'm also a little bit mad at Google because they're going backwards on their word. So if they're going to be doing something that's going to be basically, like it feels like it's used against you. I'm not saying that it is, and maybe that's not what they're trying to do, and maybe they still are going to allow that hybrid model um, to be used effectively. (laughs) But it feels that way. It feels like they're using it against their team. The reason it feels that way is probably because members of that team, not the entire team, but members of that team probably took that took advantage of the hybrid model and made it a full work from home model. So they're both at fault. 
I don't care about, like, people, dude, you got a job, okay? You have a job to do. You need to do it. And if your employer says you need to be here in person, then go in person. If you're going to whine about it, get a different job. Plenty out there. Google, if you're going to put together a model that's hybrid and then use badging as a way to track it, you needed to set that up from the beginning or you cannot use it as part of a performance review because me, badging, means nothing. If I walk into the office, like I'm, I'm assuming it's badging in so that you can walk in, but if I'm mm-hmm. walking into the office and I don't have to swipe a badge, like I'm walking in behind somebody else and the door's open, Oops, forgot to swipe my badge. Now what? You know? No, I was here that day. Like here's mm-hmm. here's here's my, you know, crumbs in my keyboard. Um, so I think they're both kind of bad. And I really wish I have no problem with a hybrid model. I have no problem with a stay at home model. I have no problem with a work from home model. I have no problem with a work from the office model. But I wish people would really think about it and what they want to do. If they're saying, I want a hybrid model, then stick with it. My employer went from um, we had to work from home because we did shut down um, for people that were not essentially needed in the office. I was one of those weird ones that was essentially needed in the office. When that came back, it was, okay, we're going to give you the option to work from home because we are still being efficient, but we do need some people to come into the office. The people that came into the office that started to be used to working from home were getting a little bit upset that they had to come in when Susie Joe, Mary Roberts over there can stay at home. So then they went to a hybrid model. And it just kept that 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 um kept moving. That goalpost kept moving and it's now it's turned into a really weird like just come in. Why do you have a problem with being here? And if you don't want to be here, that's fine. Then work from home all the time. It, it, it's a it's a tough it's a it's a double edged sword that we've come to, and and I get it. So, but you're right. I don't give a rip about you. You get three days a week. You get to you get to stay home four days a week, and for two of those days, you have to roll out of bed and turn on a computer. Wham. Um, <laughs> But then Google is wrong by using it in a performance review. I don't think that should be a, a performance measure unless they made that perfectly clear at the very beginning of a hybrid model so that when people did end up moving out of state or did end up moving, you know, like are, did agree to the hybrid model that they're like, oh, this is going to be used. Okay. Like, kind, there's a lot of miscommunication there. Kind of sounds like they didn't because, you know, what? even if they said that there's always a chance um, to return to the office, people wouldn't have moved away. You know, uh, I know right now that a lot of them are probably thinking we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much at this point when it comes to work from home, uh, it sounds like that's what they kind of did, but. You know, this is one of those things where Google's not going to be the first big company that does this. Uh, I think a lot of companies are going to look at these buildings and all of the money that they're paying to keep that building running, and they're not seeing people coming back. And they're either going to do one of two things. They may um, 
you know, kind of slimmed out or try to get rid of building space. But then I think a lot of them are like, you know what? I want to see people back in the office. I want to see faces again. I'm tired of seeing people on a computer screen. And, you know, let's just kind of bring them back. Because to me, if you have a new people person, that sounds like something that they would do. Um, And I'm thinking that when they told them, hey, uh, you could go and do this, they did not put out that eventually they would turn around and do what they were going to do. Which, here's the thing, I don't want to sound like the the uh, person that's like, oh, I should have this, why, 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 why? But there's such a thing as outlying your plans during things because you knew eventually this was going to come to an end, that things would get better, uh, that eventually you would like the back of the office. And I think that had Google, and I don't know, and I'm thinking that because it sounds like they didn't, but they probably did in some weird way, but if they didn't tell them this, then by all means, yes, you're going to get the pushback you're going to get and kind of deserve said pushback. Now, if you told these employees that eventually, uh, after a little while, and us deeming that stuff's safe, then you can, you know, this is what we're going to do. Then I would say to those employees, well, you were kind of told that that was what's going to happen. But it doesn't really sound like that's what people were told. Because I don't think, like I said, if I was told that eventually we were going back in the office, why would I move out of state? So I think a lot of these people probably were not told properly. And now they're going to face a little backlash in regards to, you know, pulling away something that you told them was okay because, yes, jobs, you are held to a standard. Because if an employee told you that I'm going to do this, this, that, that, guess what? You're holding to that standard. And the minute that they change, the job's going to be like, well, you can't change that. Well, here we are, reversal it. Yes, you have the upper hand because you pay me, but at the same time, too, you owe those people uh, a little bit of time to get things back in order because a lot of those people have had to readjust their lives now to being at home. And it's just not an easy thing where you can snap your finger and tell them, well, that's three days out of a week because now guess what? Three days out of the week, I now have to make sure my child is somewhere and now I've got to figure out, you know, other things that are going on that were something that I didn't have to do for the last couple of years. It's not going to be an overnight thing. And that's almost a warning for every business out there who was in that same model, is that you're going to have to give some people quite a bit of time uh, to readjust their lives because they had to adjust it one other time. And now they got to readjust again on the fly, which, you know, I don't know. So things happen. It happens often. It's always uncomfortable. But Google has an opportunity right now to help the change become less uncomfortable. And uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds like this people person is not helping her people adjust. Like, you're going to get people that are like, no, not doing it. There, there are people that don't agree with it. There's going to be people that are uncomfortable with it. There's going to be people like, wait, 
but what about, and there's going to be blaming and victimizing and, oh, my God, I'm the victim here, or, you know, let's wait and see. Maybe tomorrow they'll change it again, you know. <laughs> we try this once before. There's a lot of things that people will do. It's human nature. You are a human being. So this is a missed opportunity for Google as a company to really embrace and help their people through the change that they want to see. And I think they're failing. And I think that's why it's like, ooh, Google. No, I agree. I mean, it's, uh, this will be interesting to see where this leads to at the end of the day with Google uh, and, you know, their employees, because you could either see like a little bit of an exodus for some people who are going to go elsewhere where it's okay to work from home and have that freedom, you know, Something had to have been happening there where productivity was kind of going a little sideways. Because if everything is cool, why would you rock the boat with your employees' happiness? That's a huge risk. Yeah, that is a huge me, risk. You, you can save me your whole thing of being together in collaboration when in this technical world now, you're touting uh, AI, which we'll talk about momentarily with Google, and you're doing all of these things that don't require people really being there. So spare me your talk of collaboration because collaboration now, as far as future, is pretty much over a computer. You know, unless, you know, you're coming in like I can see it where um, you're, um, you're coming back in um, like once every few months. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Google. What will you do? What will you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We will see what they do. Um, but in other stories, we don't talk religion much on this show. We don't like to. It's like politics. But this was actually pretty interesting. Kind of funny and sad at the same time. But if you are a fan of Jeopardy, Jeopardy fans found themselves stunned on Tuesday night after all three contestants failed to answer a question asking them to complete a line of the Lord's Prayer, the most widely recited prayer in Christianity. The puzzle worth $200 read Matthew 6, 9, says, Our Father, which art in heaven, this be thy name. Hello. The contestants, yes. The contestants well, stood I'm silent. sorry, I did it wrong. <laughs> it would not have been accepted. <laughs> uh, would you care to not try again? Uh, what is hollowed? Yes. So they stood in silence with none of the three attempting to fill the blank until host Maya Bialik revealed the answer, which is hallowed. Uh, the moment went viral with viewers on Twitter expressing their shock at the contestants' inability to answer a seemingly common knowledge question. Uh, one wrote, Tonight's Jeopardy contestants were just asked to fill in this blank. Our Father who art in heaven, blank be thy name. None of them even took a guess. I'm really surprised. I thought that would be an easy one. Uh, how could these Jeopardy nerds not know this answer? Have they ever listened to Iron Maiden, another wrote, referencing the 1982 heavy metal song, Hallowed Be Thy Name? <laughs> uh, some self-proclaimed conservative Twitter users also appeared to express outrage. One said, not one contestant on Jeopardy last night knew the answer to this. 
are you waking are you waking up yet? I had to do that in that voice, sorry. Another tweet is that the incident demonstrates how sad our country is becoming. I don't know how that's a sadness on the country when that's not a country thing, but I'll get back to that. Uh, they asked a question about the Lord's Prayer once said. Neither of the three contestants got it. This is very alarming. My gosh, the most simplest prayer people need to get back <laughs> to the Bible. Uh, a survey of 4,200 adults last year by consumer analytics platform Civic Science found that although a substantial number of young people are tuning into the show, more than 60% of regular Jeopardy watchers are older than 35. And compared to older generations, young adults in the United States as well as around the globe have been less likely to subscribe to religion in recent years, according to the Pew Research Center. The number of Christians in the U.S. has also declined sharply over the past decade or so. Some viewers suggested that they or their friends could have successfully answered the question, even as atheists. Dang it, even my atheist friend knew this, the user tweeted. Goodness. One said, I'm an atheist, and even I knew the answer to the Lord's Prayer question. <laughs> Are you surprised that three people did not get it? And what is that saying for the state of religion that <laughs> three people did not know it? Fine. They'll survive. Um, there's millions of people that know the Lord's Prayer. Um, it just happened that those three didn't. Um, but surprisingly, that's making me question whether or not I went through the Lord's Prayer with my kid, because my kiddo is very much a worldly person. She's not against religions per se, but she's not religious. So, you know, she's looking at all types of different religions. So I don't know that I've ever went through the Lord's Prayer with her. But you're right. It's it's one of those things that's like, hmm, hmm, okay. What was the average age of the three that were on the panel? That would have been I think, interesting. I think they were a little younger. Like looking at them, they all looked to be a little younger. So it was, uh, it was a little disturbing. Uh, I know nothing, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was quite disturbing. Here's what I go through: if if it's disturbing that they don't know it, then who's to blame for that? Because somebody had to teach them. Like, I didn't just come out of my mom's womb and go, I know the Lord's Prayer, you know? <laughs> I don't know. And, that, and that's the thing, because I've had discussions with a lot of people, and you could probably do an entire show on uh, this. But I think that parents now, like, you and I, when we grew up, our generation, our parents, uh they impressed upon you about religion and church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the younger generations, as they're growing up, their parents kind of took a step back and didn't want to be that person that, quote, forced a belief among their children. So the children pretty much were kind of left on their own uh, to figure it out. And for some they might have followed with their parents or grandparents did and others who were a lot more wide-eyed probably chose to um, step back from all of that because of whatever separate beliefs that they have and they probably were like well my parents are in blank religion but I've seen a lot of stuff that doesn't equate with the message. And 
it's not getting on the whole young people are cynical thing, but because in a small way there's that small little point of uh, cynicism that a lot of them probably are not too um, – they don't really follow religion per se. They may be spiritual, but they might not be, quote, religious, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, um, I know that my very much an outlier on this, so I'm not going to try and say there are a lot of people like me. Um, my parents actually didn't push or even impress upon us religion. They gave us an opportunity. They said, do the research. Um, they, if you want to go, I will take you, um, those kind of things. And we had a chance to really explore it on our own. Granted, it was a small town, so there's not a lot of options. It's not like I was going over there and, you know, growing up in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, and being Buddhist. It wasn't something that, like, I could look at and be like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, so my my choices were limited. However, they did give us that opportunity to really, like, go out there and, and look at things and, and research things and make decisions on our own. Um, but like I said, my parents were outliers in that, I'm sure. I'm sure there are people that were like them for our generation, um, but it wasn't as common. So having that be the more common thing in this generation where like you and I are parents, like, well, I'm a parent, but our generation are, are the parents now. We're more likely to say, make your own decision. You need to, you know, you need to look at it. And the kids are kind of floundering. They don't have a, a direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they might be a little bit, I don't know if it's cynical, but they're more critical. Let's do it that way. They're more critical. They're not necessarily cynical about it, but they're like, okay, you say that. But what about but you? Yeah, but you didn't turn that water into wine. No. <laughs> I, I, was for you to I don't do even that. think stuff. I'm not even going with like, you didn't turn water into wine. What I hear more often <laughs> is like, okay, you say you're a good Christian and that you treat everybody this way. And you don't show it. Yeah. But. That guy over there, right? He's a little dirty. I don't want to, you know, go in here. And he, and he sits in the front row at church, and he still is that way. Yeah, I get. Yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I understand where they're at, and I understand where they're like. That's why I said I don't know if it's cynical or critical, but I'm going to go with critical. Um, no. But you're right. There's, there's a, a shift. It's more it's a huge shift. Okay, you say this, but do you mean it? I think also the thing, too, is that because of the thinking of a lot of uh, older theologians in churches, the younger people are a lot more – what's the word I want to use here? Because I hate using liberal-minded, but it is. A lot more younger people are liberal-minded. The thinking of the church is kind of like it's stuck with history, and it's a little bit outdated where you see churches now breaking apart because half, you know, are uh, friendly to specific either uh, lifestyles or half or not. And I think there was a recent story that I read where it was one particular church that was breaking apart because half uh, believed in same-sex marriage and the other half didn't. And so they're now breaking apart because 
of that huge rift within the church. Um, and you're going to start to see that as to where, you know, you know, one church probably believes in one particular thing down the middle, no uh, give and take, no nothing. And a lot of younger people who are more liberal-minded and are more open to particular things, you know, are going to want to go and branch off to someone who is speaking their message. And, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of them who had to endure what their parents and grandparents told them about life or particular things and are, you know, this is the generation that has gone to college, seen things, done things. Their thinking is different than what their parents who, you know, might have not gone to college and stay at home. And so, you know, they're looking at these people in church with a more critical eye, like you said, and they're like, well, Bob's sitting right there in the front row of church. And if we're saying that this religion A or put whatever in there, if that this is what makes a good person, I know what he does off the side. Uh, kind of doubtful about your religion now, my friend. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what's going on with that. So, I don't know. Uh, interesting, though, that three people at the same time who are supposedly, because we're using very Jeopardy. smart people. Right. Didn't know it. <laughs> There's a lot. Uh, potpourri time. Because uh, now I see, I didn't think we were going to go an hour tonight, but we are. Uh, welcome to page one if you're listening with Laura Marion this Friday night, the 16th of June. Um, the Chicago Cubs, uh, well, mm. this week, with the help of a major league uh, baseball team, a Chicago company is combining two favorites for a unique food this summer. Uh, this week, Home Run In announced that they've joined with the Chicago Cubs to create a, quote, beer pizza that will be sold at Wrigley Field during the rest of the 2023 season. It will be an eight-inch non-alcoholic. Yeah, this gets even more interesting. It will be an eight-inch non-alcoholic sausage pizza with a wheat ale flavor, and will be available at a few concession stands throughout the ballpark. Uh, it was sold for the first time on Wednesday when the Cubs uh, won their game against the Pirates. Beer and cheese pizza are so uh, a great beer and a great pizza are so often enjoyed together. We thought it would be fun to create that favorite uh, taste all in one bite. Says Home Run In Senior Vice President Gina Bolger in a statement. The Home Run-In family of 75 years is excited to celebrate all things Chicago. Uh, the new beer pizza will also be available at their restaurants in all varieties for a limited time as well. Uh, so, uh, as of Thursday, the Cubs had 48 home games remaining, uh, including the finale with the Pirates on Thursday evening. Um, and a three-game series to the Orioles this weekend. So, if you're in Chicago um, and you want a beer pizza, uh, that is where you can go besides <laughs> Home Run-In. Um, beer flavored pizza. I mean, I guess if you know, yeah, I guess so. Why not? <laughs> you know what? I'm not against it. I'm not, I mean, beer cheese is out there, so why not? Yeah, but I had to go into Wrigley Field though just to get that. I'll go to home run in. But here's what I know that you will not like. Uh, you have probably heard of the Wendy's hack that involves dipping your fries into a Frosty. Well, leave it to the folks at Tip Top and Savory Combo and subsequently create the snack hack of the summer. According to the folks at Men's Health, McDonald's customers have been creating ice cream sandwiches using hash browns and McFlurry ice cream nope. and, nope. Sharing their <laughs> and sharing their thoughts on TikTok. Uh, one of the first nope. people to share a video of the interesting pairing was a TikToker 
the TikTok has received nearly 9,000 comments with many people ready to book it to nearest McDonald's. I'm trying this immediately. Would do it, one commenter wrote. Several commenters shared their own Zany food pairings, and uh, <laughs> some no. are not willing to do it. Uh, one said, blue Takis with Hawaiian bread, it's good. One said, I dipped my chicken McNuggets in the Oreo McFlurry. You should try it. There were also lots of other TikTokers who have tried the ice cream sandwich hack for themselves, and everyone seems to love it. <laughs> okay. What? There's a reason oh. saying no. I know this is not yay or nay, but there's a reason I'm saying no. I had hash browns at McDonald's. It was more brown than hash. There was It was <laughs> basically burnt, crispy, although I do like crispy hash browns, but no potato. Like, where is the... It's supposed to have potato in the hash brown. I am all for potato, fried potato, and ice cream because there's something about that. It's a magical combination, and I love it. But McDonald's, one, never has their ice cream machine working, and two, can't make a good hash brown. So if it goes for more than 30 seconds out of that fryer, it's going to be gross. going to be gross. <laughs> it was all hash, no brown. <laughs> it, was all brown. Um, it was no hash. All brown. No brown, no hash. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's not good. Um. No. So that's why I say no. There is yeah. a magical combination of potato and ice cream. I'm not gonna lie. Something about. And, but if McDonald's can do that, okay. Which McDonald's had ice cream machines that they can make McFlurries? Well, Every time I go to McDonald's, they're always not working. You know, isn't it two different machines, though? Isn't there one that's just for the McFlurries? And, like, the ice cream machine, I think, is actually for the cones. And those never seem to work. But the McFlurry one is a little I – don't, I don't know. I don't I, – I don't. No, I but thought I know they were the a, same. Well, granted, the last time I worked at McDonald's, I was 16, so that was years ago. But it was – Soft serve. It was the same machine that started it. And then you put the soft serve in a, in a cup, and you pour in the, the whatever, M&Ms, Oreos, Snickers, stick it in a different machine that blends it. That's how you do the McClory. I have no idea. Um, do it at home, people. Yes. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably have some hash browns to put some ice cream in the middle of it. I guess it tastes good. Right. Know. And then you can, you can actually control that better. It's the salt and the sweet, I think, that everybody gets into. I well, think Ben and Jerry's make a ice cream potato thing. I actually, with vanilla ice cream, I like to put the uh, planters, uh, peanuts with the sea salt. I like to sprinkle some in there and put some chocolate syrup on it. The saltiness with the sweet. It's almost like a peanut buster parfait. Mm-hmm. The, the salt, the peanut dust at the bottom of the tin or can or bottle bottle into your ice. Oh, ooh, yeah, that's like magic. That's unicorn dust right there. <laughs> oh, man. But no, I've got a couple of more stories in regards to potpourri, but I'm going to stop real quick before I forget because uh, we're going to take a quick look at what's trending on Twitter tonight. Uh, trending actually – Really good ending to SmackDown tonight, if you saw it. Um, SmackDown is trending. Uh, and then um, Taylor Swift, it seems like every 
Friday night, something's trending. The last time it is trending tonight as she is on her uh, Eras tour. Uh, AEW Rampage, also trending. Uh, Bellator 297 is trending. Uh, Sergio Pettis uh, uh, retains his bantamweight world championship. Uh, I guess it was here in Chicago tonight. Uh, so uh, that is trending. Also trending tonight um, is uh, now. Now that's got me wondering why God Save the Queen is trending. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, what? 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 <laughs> well, uh, he, well, the president at the end of his speech today <laughs> in Connecticut. Um, was talking about uh, I think he was talking about gun control and he ended his speech by saying God save the queen and no one had any idea what he was talking about <laughs> uh, yeah not, not, not too sure uh, <laughs> oh, no. but um, I'm going to be waiting for the um, response on that one <laughs> um and then Kick is trending um, mm-hmm. as the Twitch streamer, forgive me, XQC <laughs> signed a uh-huh. record-breaking 100 million two-year non-exclusive deal with Kick. Yep, that's crazy. But you know he's he's not he's going to be he's going to do most of this stuff on Kick. On top of that. We don't know the details of the contract, but the fact that he has the contract, he's going to be bringing his – he's one of the bigger streamers on Twitch. So he's going to be bringing a large audience over to Kick, and Twitch is going to feel that pain. Um, On top of that, Kick has a better um, revenue share. Uh, Theirs is 95.5, where 95% of the revenue profits from the Twitch streamer, like what they do – um, go to the stream or not Twitch, sorry, kick streamer, go to the streamer and 5% go to the company. Whereas Twitch is 50, 50. And that's only you, you get a higher revenue share if you're like basically top tier partner. So um, yeah, that was big news. Big, 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 big. Well, news. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's really helping them tonight, but it's also trendy because they're down. Uh, they claimed that they were receiving 50 times their normal traffic. <laughs> so that was as of eight minutes ago. So if you were trying to get on kick, that's why they're down. <laughs> yeah, they're down because uh, probably most of those are followers of X, and he's you know he's bringing them over. Hmm. Hey, oh. if you're going to be re- you're sharing that kind of revenue, I'll, Twitch streamers are moving. They really are. Hmm. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, this was uh, somebody. Uh, oh, by the way, Chris Tucker is trending uh, because someone had brought up the question: Chris Tucker or Martin Lawrence in their prime? Who wins a movie versus? If you're not familiar with versus and how that works, that's where uh, Apple TV for a while was bringing back uh, either old rap or R&B groups and putting them together. And having them come up with like their greatest hits against each other, and pretty much, you know, it was a treat for the fans. A lot of people were saying Chris Tucker uh, because of Friday, Dead Presidents, Money Talks, and Rush Hour. 
pretty much movies like that that brought Chris Tucker to the forefront. I uh, actually saw Chris Tucker last week on NBA uh, Countdown before the NBA Finals came, which uh, I don't know how Chris Tucker is. Uh, he's still getting these seats to it's all the people he knows. I guess if he could do a 30 for 30 or Chris Tucker, that would be interesting. Um, but, yes, he is trending tonight. Um, and, yeah, uh, also trending tonight, um, Toy Story 4 uh, is a rumor going on that there will be a Toy Story 5. Oh, seriously. Straight to Blu-ray. Put it straight to streaming. Like, forget. No, God. Someone someone tweeted tonight, Toy Story 3 was supposed to be goodbye. Toy Story 4 was supposed to be goodbye. Just let them rest. (laughs) Let the toys be. Uh, No. Oh, uh, one more trending topic that I'd like to talk about, sir. Well, two, actually. Um, Top five. Sajak. Yes. Uh, and then, for those who don't know, Juneteenth, because I ha- I asked the question yesterday and also said, please forgive me for not knowing, and I know I'm going to sound stupid, but I'm being serious. So those are the two questions I have for tonight. The two questions you have. Uh, well, if I go back and pretty much um, – in regards to Juneteenth, and I hope I do it justice. But um, for those of you who are wondering exactly what Juneteenth is, uh, Juneteenth uh, or June 19th, uh, it's a holiday celebrated on that day to commemorate the emancipation of enslaved people in the United States. Uh, the holiday was first celebrated in Texas, where on that date in 1865, in the aftermath of the Civil War, uh, enslaved people were declared free under the terms of the 1862 Emancipation Proclamation. So is um, it was issued by Major General uh, Gordon Grang- Granger on that date. And it was really, I mean, it became a holiday, um, even though although the Emancipation Proclamation came two and a half years earlier on January 1st, 1863, many of the enslavers continued to hold enslaved black people captive after the announcement and Juneteenth became a symbolic date representing African-American freedom. Um, it became a, a holiday in 2021. Uh, in some states, they had celebrated it. In certain states also uh, had op, um, observed it. But it really wasn't observed in all 50 states uh, until it became a federal holiday. Um, and so... Texas, of all places, was one of the first states, and it was generally uh, celebrated with parties, uh, prayer, uh, and celebration uh, for a lot of uh, African Americans. And so when you look at the calendar on Monday, uh, it goes to show, and I was talking to Mary about just how far uh, this country has come and in some ways still has ways to go, but I won't get into all of that tonight, but um, in context, and if you think about it, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, that was a long time ago. 
but really in essence, uh, that was no less than probably what a hundred. My math is wrong, but no less than really about what a hundred and probably seventy years ago. Uh, so really, at this long history of this nation, um, you know, uh, slavery <laughs> at that point is probably been gone for a little bit of a time. Still practiced probably some places, but in different ways. But that was the date that a lot of people uh, state as the date truly that uh, those who were slave were then free. Uh, So that was Juneteenth, uh, to put that in context. Um, Also, does that answer your question? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. I hope it did. Um, top five, I did not forget about it, but I did have my top five list. Top five, um, since I'll do that now, uh, we still have the AI. You know what? You want to show the AI story uh, for another week? Because I think that's going to like be something that will take quite a while to talk about. <laughs> you think so? Uh, it will in a way, because there's two other sub-stories with that. Um, you know, uh-huh. what? we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Well, okay, we'll talk about it. We got time tonight. You got time. Um, we got so <laughs> yeah. So I have my top five, but here's the thing: it's in no particular order. Um, but with the announcement for those of you who watch Wheel of Fortune here in the U.S., because I know there's different versions of Wheel of Fortune around the world with different hosts. But the most well-known is the U.S. version of Wheel of Fortune with Pat Sajak and Vanna White. Uh, Pat Sajak this week announced that this upcoming season, uh, his 41st at Wheel of Fortune, will be his last. And so the, uh, the thoughts already as to who will be replacing him is kind of hot and heavy. A lot of people throwing their hat into the ring, um, among which... Um, Brian Seacrest, uh, who is one of the uh, hosts of American Idol, uh, also has a popular radio show, uh, is one of the favorites, along with Vanna White, who is uh, the letter turner, who for years uh, co-hosted with Pat. Uh, a lot of people are saying that she is one of the front runners as well. Uh, there's also talk of uh, Whoopi Goldberg, actress Whoopi Goldberg throwing her hat to the ring, but all are controversial in some way in which a lot of people either like them or don't like them and don't want them. So outside of the favorites that everybody's talking about, I have five names that perhaps some people have not talked about who I think would actually be quite well at the job. Um, I'm going to do the top five little thingy like this, but it is not in order. So don't say, will you put this at number one? Because it's not. Uh, So my first pick, why not actress and comedian Jane Lynch? Right now she is of the weakest link, which a lot of people knew for years with the host Ann Robinson, but of the U.S. version, Jane Lynch, uh, who also starred in Glee and numerous other TV shows in different roles, also did Hollywood Game Night. Um, I think that with her humor or, you know, somewhat kind of like calm demeanor, uh, she would bring a lot to the show. But my second pick, 
I have actually someone who I kind of wanted to have host the Price is Right when it became uh, available after Bob Barker left. Of course, they went with Drew Carey. But why not Tom Bergeron? Uh, Tom has a long career in television, kind of has the same type of humor that Pat Sajak has, uh, really kind of knows how to control the situation. Plus, he's hosted a lot of different shows, namely here in the States, Hollywood Squares, uh, also America's Funniest Home Videos, and Dancing with the Stars. Uh, The only problem with Tom that a lot of people will have is that Tom is a little older, so he would not be doing 40 years at will. He probably would do somewhere around a decade, if any, uh, if he chooses to, or probably 10 to 15 years. But if you're looking kind of in terms of youth, probably the next two names I have on the contest, starting with the first one. So if you've ever watched Cash Cab, uh, Ben Bailey, who is the host of that show, uh, does a pretty awesome job. Uh-huh. I would love Ben Bailey. <laughs> does a pretty awesome job with Cash Cab, and I think that he would actually make a good host on Wheel of Fortune. I don't know why his name has not come up for any big, like, quiz show or anything else, but I think Ben Bailey could be the outside dark horse that might be able to pull off the job, which kind of also leads me to another dark horse. Why not a person who 90s kids would know but also someone who has become more popular as of late on smaller type game shows, and that would be Chris Hardwick. Of course, Chris hosted Singled Out back in the late 90s, early 2000s, but lately he has been seen on At Midnight on Comedy Central, which I think he got like an Emmy nomination, Uh, and also he's hosted The Wall on NBC uh, since 2016. And then the last pick is an international pick, I like this guy because I kind of consider him, oddly enough, when you think of late-night host, I actually would put him somewhere up there on the Mount Rushmore with Carson Letterman, uh, uh, Arsidio, because I think he brought a type of humor to the show, which actually could help. So why not Craig Ferguson? Craig, I think, is very funny, and I think he's very affable to, you know, hosting the show. He's actually hosted a couple of shows, uh, game shows, but they were kind of more or less like uh, specialty-type game shows and not the normal game show. But I think he's funny enough, and I think he's people-friendly enough as to where people would like it, and I think that he would match. So those are my top five picks to possibly host Will of Fortune outside of the norm. Uh, if you don't like my top five list, as uh, someone used to say with top fives, you can make your own damn list. But uh, I, I like a couple of them. I'm like, eee. well, if you about, not gonna lie, but yeah, you got some good ones in there. Oh, see, I thought about this, uh, and Ben Bailey's young enough as to where I think he'd be around for like at least twenty years. <laughs> I love Ben Bailey. I love Cash Cab. I wish they'd bring, like, do more of that, please. I actually knew somebody that was on Cash Cab. So, Ooh. and they actually got all the questions right. <laughs> because they're yeah, a very smart person. They're a very smart person. So they, they made it to the destination, answered all the questions. So, um, 
But yeah. Yeah, no. Why not? Nobody's mentioned his name. Uh, I thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> so. Definitely, yeah. definitely a good so, one to go go with. <laughs> so here we go. We got a few minutes, and I want to kind of talk about the whole AI situation because Google, who we've talked about tonight, um, there is now a new help me write feature if you're tired of writing emails. Now, emails can be a lot of fun if you're corresponding with an old friend or a pen pal halfway around the world. It's less fun when you're filling multiple insurance claims and sending hundreds of thank you notes. But Google had an I.O. event in May and a new feature from Gmail called Help Me Write Can Draft Boring Emails For You. Uh, Powered by the company's uh, proprietary AI, the new Google service can compose automated messages in Gmail, text messages, and other Google apps. Starting today, the feature is now available for Gmail on iPhones, iPads, and Android devices. With 1.8 billion active users of Gmail at the last count, Help Me Write is poised to have a major impact in the way that the world communicates via email. And how does it uh, help you? Pretty much uh, the new Help Me Write feature for generative AI email creation Gmail, it expands on the Smart Compose feature that they introduced in 2018, as well as the Smart Reply feature added in 2017. Uh, whereas Smart Reply offers basic automated replies and Smart Compose provides suggestions as you type. Help Me Write goes well beyond creating a full email from a basic prompt. A refined button can shorten the text, elaborate, or make the email more formal. You can then further edit the email manually or send as is. Uh, so here's the thing with that, and I'm going to stop before. Well, there's two particular reasons why uh, this kind of scares me a little bit, because this week there were two other reasons why AI is quickly taking over. Um, one of which uh, was a fact that AI, um, well, the Beatles, who is perhaps one of my favorite groups of all time, um, even though they broke up more than 50 years ago, fans could expect a new record from the band to be released this year, according to a recent interview with Sir Paul McCartney that he did with BBC4. He said that artificial intelligence was used to complete final Beatles record, which likely stems from a piece his former bandmate, the late John Lennon, composed in 1978 called Now and Then. Uh, in 1995, that song was considered as a possible reunion song as, McCart- as McCartney, Ringo Starr, and the late George Harrison compiled an anthology of the band's songs. Uh, it was one of several songs on a cassette label for Paul that he received from Lennon's widow, Yoko Ono. Two other songs for the cassette were released in 1995. Uh, now and Then wasn't included, and it needed some work. Um, Harrison also thought the sound quality was bad, and it did have a buzzing noise in the background due to technical issues. However, a bootleg version of the song did pop up in 2009. Uh, so McCartney has talked about wanting to complete the song since, and now uh, a technology breakthrough recently occurred with the making of Get Back, a uh, documentary by Peter Jackson that was released on Disney Plus last year. And they were able to extricate John's voice from a ropey bit of the cassette. Uh, they had his voice, the piano, and he could separate them all with AI. The method was used to clean up the demo from Lennon. And so AI voice technology has also been a source of concern, as in March, the Federal Trade Commission issued a warning about the technology being used in scams. Uh, although AI may have helped McCartney complete a long-time goal of finishing Lennon's song, he also says he's concerned about the technology. 
scary but exciting because it's the future. We'll just have to see where it leads. But at the same time, I tell you all of that. And the same time tonight that we kind of talked about um, church uh, and the church service, hundreds in Germany uh, attended a church powered by artificial intelligence. Uh, The artificial intelligence chatbot asked the believers of the fully packed St. Paul's Church in the Bavarian town of Firth to rise from the pews and praise the Lord. The ChatGPT chatbot, personified by an avatar of a bearded black man on a huge screen above the altar, then began preaching to the more than 300 people who had shown up on Friday morning for an experimental Lutheran church service almost entirely generated by AI. Um, This avatar, they said, had an expressionless face and monotonous voice. Uh, The 40-minute service, including the sermon, prayers, and music, was created by ChatGPT and Jonas Simmerlin, who is a theologian and philosopher from the University of Vienna. He says, I conceived the service, but actually I rather accompanied it because he would say about 98% comes from the machine. The AI church service was one of the hundreds of events the convention of Protestants in the Bavarian town of Nuremberg, uh, and it drew such immense interest that people formed a long queue outside the 19th century neo-Gothic building an hour before it began. The convention uh, itself takes place every two years in the summer at a different place in Germany. This year's gathering is taking place from Wednesday through Sunday under the motto, Now is the Time. He said he told the artificial intelligence, we are at the church congress, you are a preacher, what would a church service look like? He also asked for psalms to be included as well as prayers and a blessing at the end. He says you end up with a pretty solid church service, sounding almost surprised by the success of his experiment. Indeed, the believers of the church listened attentively as the AI preached about leaving the past behind, focusing on the challenges of the present, overcoming fear of death, and never losing trust in Jesus. The entire service was led by four different avatars on the screen, two young women and two young men. At times, the AI-generated avatar inadvertently drew laughter as when it used uh, platitudes and told the churchgoers with a deadpan expression that in order to, quote, keep the faith, we must pray and go to church regularly. Some people even enthusiastically videotaped the event with their cell phones, while others looked up more critically and refused to speak, uh, speak along loudly during the Lord's Prayer. One person who works <laughs> in IT said that she was excited and curious when the service started, but found it increasingly off-putting as it went along. She says there was no heart and no soul. The avatar showed no emotions at all, had no body language, and were talking so fast and monotonously that it was very hard for me to concentrate on what they said. But maybe it is different for the younger generation who grew up with all of this. A 31-year-old Lutheran pastor uh, who brought a group of teenagers said he was more impressed by the experiment. He actually had imagined it to be worse, but he was positively surprised at how well it worked. Your thoughts? I'm giggling. I just, (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I would go probably just to see what was going to happen, you know? I know that's not the right answer <laughs> or the 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 socially acceptable answer, but, yeah, I, I don't like that AI is taking over. I don't like that we're going to have to look at – we're looking at things so critically now to go, okay, was that real or was that a computer? Um, I grew up with Terminator. Skynet's coming, people. Um, <laughs> but I would go for the giggles. I would go for the lull. 
but with email music it's changing the landscape as we know it of technology think that because this is going to cause because to me you know right now there's a writer's guild of america strike going on and one of their concerns is with ai technology because it would be easy for a lot of uh television executives to say hey ai i want you to write uh, a script for a television show based off of this, this, and this, and then rely on that instead of the actual writer. Um, and I can understand that's a fear, uh, but like that person said, there's no soul. So I just feel like at some point somebody's going to have to remember that you have to, there's, there's feeling there that you can't fake. Um, you can't, but do you think that people are in a rush because it's the end thing to use AI technology for a lot of stuff that they really can't take full credit for? I mean, this is a, you know, this is almost, as I told somebody the other day, it's reminding me of, of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Cause I just drew a blank, but it, it is almost like, uh, you wrote something that wasn't yours. You you pretty much <laughs> you were you plagiarizing went, something. Well, yeah. Well, as a, as a professor always used to say, copy from one, uh, it's plagiarizing. Copy from two, it's research. But uh, <laughs> 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 it was one of those things that I. It just it feels like so much plagiarism. And I know that people are going to start using that pretty soon, probably to write studies or papers or other things in an attempt to kind of like curb it, or you're going to get politicians having AI to write speeches uh, that of stuff that they really don't mean. You know, it's just the most natural things and the greatest speeches of mankind were not created by AI. Um, you know, imagine if AI uh, was responsible for, um, you know, Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. <laughs> if AI was responsible for um, Lincoln's, um, you know, speech. And you know, it's just it's just so many things where I don't know. You know, what next? Are you going to have AI, you know, write, you know, sports speeches for teams when, you know, they're the, the best things come from a heart and soul, you know? It, it just, I don't know. I will really be concerned when AI brings you the news, but that's a different story for another day. Um, but before we go, I did promise you one other good thing that I read this week. Um, <laughs> it's not what you think. I love when, of course, one of the things this year is when minor league baseball teams uh, stop and go outside of the box from what they are. So the collegiate summer level Bismarck Larks. They will rebrand one night only for one game this season. And the temporary change is an homage to summertime um, as they will be known as the Missouri River Motorboaters. (laughs) (laughs) It is a temporary change uh, to also help in regards, like I said, an homage to summertime pontoons in the longest river in the United States. 
the Missouri Purda team, uh, the Missouri River, holds a special place in Bismarck's heart, as well as every other city to 2.341 miles of water passes through, said the Lark's owner and CEO. We wanted to create a brand that connected with our boat-loving fans, but also fans from all over the country that love their summer times underwater. Now, the suite of logos, which was created, features uh, design that gives off a fun summer vibe, as well as a motorboat engine character wearing sunglasses and a captain's hat while monitoring a pontoon. A boat paddle uh, that underscores the logo includes a baseball bat knob. Uh, Bismarck's home state of North Dakota is one of seven U.S. states that the Missouri River passes through in addition to two Canadian provinces. Jerseys will be auctioned off during the July 27th game with all net proceeds benefiting a local charity. I don't know about you, but I want a motorboat or shoes. I do, too. I do, too. I really do. I know that should be wrong. I should be like, oh, my God. Why? I'm a 12-year-old dude. I don't eat. <laughs> I'm so mature, but I want one. I want one bad. <laughs> That's flipping amazing. I love, I love it. So there you go. The motorboaters. <laughs> the motorboaters. If somebody said, I will buy it off of eBay. If if you want a gift for dad, motorboating. <laughs> oh, motorboaters. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I love it. With that, the clock on the wall is telling us that we're just about out of time. Did you have any shout-outs for tonight? Uh, Not for tonight, but happy Father's Day to all the people that are dads, stepdads, granddads, fur dads, moms that are dads, um, dads that are doing it on their own. Um, So happy day to you guys. uh, especially my dad. Uh, I know LeVar and I can argue this until we're blue in the face, but my dad is the best dad in the world, and he is a saint. He had three daughters, and all of us are smart asses. So, like, I think he wins. Argue, you know, fight me. Um, but happy Father's Day to everybody, and then happy Juneteenth to those who celebrate. Um, I, I, I say this to my kid all the time when we come up against, you know, when we come, not against, when we come up to holidays like this, it's so more far-reaching than just the small group of people. Okay, so it's not even a small group of people, but the group of people that it's supposed to be for. It's so much more far-reaching than that. And if you take the time to really learn about it and ask the questions, you can see where that where you can be part of that celebration and do it proud. So happy Juneteenth to the people that are celebrating. And like I said, come fight me. Come at me. I don't care. My dad's the best. (laughs) I I see your face. (laughs) Well, well, no, I I think about – who who he raised and I I, I will <laughs> <laughs> yes happy Father's Day indeed um, but yeah so um, you know it is I think of two quotes on this day well actually three but I only want to give probably a couple of them um, I know well I'll say three before we go to closing. One was from John Lewis, the uh, 
great representative that passed away, and he said, you must never, ever give out. Uh, we must keep the faith because we are one people. We are brothers and sisters. We all live in the same house, the American house. Um, and Maya Angelou also said, hold those things that tell your history and protect them. During slavery, who was able to read or write or keep anything? The ability to have someone to tell your story is so important. It says, I was here. I may be sold tomorrow, but you know I was here. I'll leave that for you. And I will wish you all a happy Juneteenth. And I will wish all of you dads out there a happy Father's Day. Uh, will we see you next Friday night? Stay tuned for that. Uh, it's up in the air. It's baseball season, as you know. <laughs> and I will see if we will be here. But if we are not, I know for sure that we will be here on Friday night, June 30th, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. As always, uh, we thank you for listening. And, of course, you can catch us not only here, but on Blog Talk, Blog Talk Radio, where you can find all of our old shows, uh, and on podcast sites such as iHeartRadio and Apple and Spotify. So please tell a friend, and as always, we thank you for listening. So uh, for Mary, uh, I am LeVar. We'll see you when we see you, but as always, take care of yourself and each other. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. 